Value Bet with Jonathan Hood is brought to you by DraftKings. Yes, DraftKings at Casino Queen Sportsbook. It's America's top-rated sportsbook for a reason. If you're a college basketball fan, if you are an NBA fan, if you are a college football fan, now's the chance to sign up for DraftKings. Go to the app now and make sure you use the promo code WMVP. That's right, WMVP when you sign up uh, because it's great. Look, I'm a DraftKings guy, right? And so every day I'm taking a look at the NBA. I'm looking at college football. I'm looking at the uh, college basketball landscape, seeing where's the value, right? There's always some great matches every single day. There's always great matchups, and that's why I go to DraftKings. So I tell you, because they're good to us, I want you to be good to them. If you've never looked for the best bets, the best plays every day, Take a look at the odds boost that they have. Take a look at the future bets. Right now, if you're an NBA fan, you know they've got a plethora of games on Christmas Day. You can bet on those right now for the future. Who's going to win the national championship in college basketball or in college football? It's right there on DraftKings. DraftKings, that's the place that you go. It's a top-rated DraftKings and Casino Queen Sportsbook app. Make sure that you sign up and use the promo code WMVP. Hey, speaking of college football, let me call my guy Gary Seegers. From winningcureseverything.com, we'll get his thoughts on this weekend's college football slate and also his best bet for the NFL. All part of the mix every week right here on the Under the Hood podcast. It's Value Bet. I know the leagues. I know the teams. I know these players. I know this wonderful game called football. It's time for Value Bet. Oh, this is when the cream rises to the top. This is when things get on. The largest sports wagering angles you need to know. Stats, records, rankings, weather. If the goalpost is tilted just a little bit. Value Bet on Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. You can bet your children's unborn children's children on these six games. Value Bet. This is America's premier sports information program. Here's Jonathan Hood. Always trying to put money in your pocket. What's up? It's Jonathan Hood from the Cap and J Hood Morning Show on ESPN 1000, also on the ESPN Chicago app. And of course, part of the Under the Hood podcast is Value Bet. We do every single week. You know how much I love college football. I got to be able to talk about it in one way, shape, or form. And here's how I do it every week. I call my guy Gary Seegers from winningcureseverything.com. You can follow him on Twitter at GaryWCE. And we uh, get a chance to chop it up with him and get his thoughts about the college football slate. So let me call Gary and let's see what's the best bets in the very interesting college football Saturday. And there he is from winningcureseverything.com. Gary Seegers joins us here on Value Bet with me, Jonathan Hood, on ESPN Chicago. Gary, as always, I appreciate it, my man. Thanks for coming on the show. Oh, absolutely. 
absolutely. It's always a good time with you, my friend. I uh, I gotta ask you about Memphis basketball, basketball because you're right there in Memphis. I gotta ask you this this bench here under Penny Hardaway. Larry Brown, Rasheed Wallace are part of the assistant coaches there. Let me tell you something. Larry Brown, last time I saw Larry in person, I, I, I called the University of Illinois Chicago Flames basketball TV and radio, and we went down to SMU in Dallas when he was the head coach for SMU. And the only coaching that I saw him do was point and, and stomp his right foot and then sat down. And, but here, here's a here's a basketball sage though that didn't have to say a lot clearly because he's the Yoda of that basketball team. That there can't be a better bench than Rasheed Wallace and Larry Brown uh, for Penny Hardaway in Memphis. So you you know how the the Rasheed Wallace stuff came about, right? I'm not sure. Could you tell us, please? Okay. So here is, is we were looking for obviously uh, at Memphis. They were looking for somebody else to fill out the bench. The biggest key to the whole thing was getting Larry Brown. That's what they wanted. Um, and they got that done. But then they still had one other slot open, um, and they ended up calling out uh, Rasheed Wallace, and he was actually in line to be the head coach at LeMoyne Owen College. And he and Bonzi Wells, who used to play for the Memphis Grizzlies, were going to be a package deal to LeMoyne Owen. And Memphis called Cheat out of the blue and <laughs> said, hey, why don't you come over here? We'll pay you more money, you know, get you in line to maybe be uh, a bigger uh, level head coach sooner than later. Mm-hmm. And, that's, and he ended up coming over here, and Bonzi Wells, who was supposed to be an assistant for him at Lemoyne Owen, ended up getting the Lemoyne Owen head coaching job. So it was uh, it was very strange how it all went about, but it, I mean, it took maybe three, four days. Uh, for a decision to be made, it was very quick, and and yeah, they knocked it out of the park. I, I think it's. I will tell you this: it will be entertaining all season long, and not just because of the players, but if you just watch the bench, it's going to be so much fun. Uh, Larry <laughs> yes. Brown, Larry Brown knows a lot about basketball. Man, oh, yeah. he may not do a bunch during the ball games, but he's uh, he's a smart guy, smart guy. Okay, I'll tell you this quick story about me being at SMU with UIC. It's a CBS sports television broadcast. We're doing a radio, and the ball's at center. And this is, again, on CBS Sports Network. And the ball's at center. It's about to be tipped up. And all of a sudden, the referees, they, they blow the whistle. And we're just wondering, well, why is there a delay? Is there something going on with the arena? Is there something going on with the players? No. Through a side door with a spotlight on it, as the lights dim uh, at Moody Coliseum, comes President Bush and his and his wife and the First Lady. President Bush and the First Lady come through. Standing ovation. Four more years. Four more years. Four more years, right? Yes. This is honest to God, this happens in Dallas at SMU. Four more years. The people are standing as as President Bush waves to the crowd. He has a front row seat he and and his and the first lady. And then the basketball game commences. Now Here's the best part. Halftime, President Bush calls the officials over and asks, can we take a picture? Can we take a picture? So they, they so he takes a picture with the officials. UIC would never get a call in the second half after that. That was the end. <laughs> so there not. you go. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know immediately as soon as that happened that y'all were not going to get a, a call for the entire game? I knew that, but then, but then Coach Howard Moore, as we go back to the hotel in Dallas, he goes, Hoodie, I can't understand it, man. We couldn't get a call. I said, um, Coach, you know President Bush and Laura were here. He's, he goes, what? Like, yes, the president was here. 
He goes, nobody told me. I was like, yeah, the, the, that's why we couldn't get a call. He goes, you know what? Another round. Jack and Coke. Another round. And so, so that's what happened. So, I mean, if I was if I was betting on, uh, I, you know, betting on SMU, I would have uh, like definitely pounded uh, SMU even further after the president took uh, a uh, a photo with the referees. Yeah, I swear to you, they they talk about integrity in college sports as if it were a thing. Like, <laughs> come on, <now. laughs> it's so great. Um, one other piece of news regarding Odell Beckham Jr. now going to the Rams. We we're wondering what he was going to do after his time with Cleveland. Now he's going to be with the Rams. I don't know if this is your money, if this is your game that you want to give me for the NFL, but I'm interested in how this swings for the Rams. The Rams are a three and a half point favorite against San Francisco, but with Odell on the Rams, I wonder how much more they will be a favorite every week. I don't know that it will change as much as you think. Odell has not really been a factor in, what, over two years now mm-hmm. uh, for, for anybody. So I, I think that he's just kind of effectively been moved out of the market as far as the lines go. Um, I mean, I, I would love to see him show up again the way that he did early with the Giants. I don't know that it's possible. I mean, it, let me take that back. It's certainly possible. I just don't know how likely it is. Like, there is something going on there uh, with him that he has got to get straightened out. And maybe maybe the Rams is, is the best place for him. Um, maybe not. I don't know. Now that I'm thinking about it, I'm thinking about all the spotlights and everything else out in L.A. But also at the same time, like, he he's not going to be the show, right? He's not going to get as much attention in L.A. as he would uh, just in the public eye elsewhere. Mm-hmm. And if he went to Green Bay, he'd be the biggest thing to walking in the door. Sure. If he goes to L.A., uh, you know, he may be physically the best wide receiver on the team, but nobody's going to care out there. So he can actually, you know, stay out of the limelight a little bit. I, I kind of like the move. So I, I think the Rams, obviously, have been going all in on, on trying to get a Super Bowl again, and, and this time trying to get a Super Bowl win. I, I mean, it makes sense for both sides. I, I kind of like the move. I don't know, I don't know that it affects any, uh, any lines, though, right now. Okay, let's take a look at the college football slate. Uh, first, we start with Michigan and Penn State. Uh, as we look at this today, Gary, Michigan is a one-point favorite, the over-under 48.5. So can Michigan, with their potent running game, McNamara growing into the position, can Michigan topple Penn State? So, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to answer it easily, yes. They can. Um, Penn State won last year, 27-17. The home team has won the last five years in a row. At Michigan, 5-3 and three against the spread, the last eight on the road against the Big Ten. But if you look at Penn State, 3-7 and seven against the spread, their last 10 at home against the Big Ten. Uh, the question is, can Michigan avoid costly mistakes? That's the way the Penn State has been able to score. Both defenses very similar, both for the full season and over the last three games, which is the the trends that I kind of like to lean towards. Um, I think Penn State's offense can have some success against that Michigan defense. I, I'm going to expect Michigan's offense to be able to score in this ballgame. I, I think they're going to be able to run the ball much the same way that Illinois did. They're going to lean on that offensive line a lot. Uh, there's only two common opponents between them, and both of them beat Wisconsin and Indiana. I'm, I'm real wary. Penn State number 69 in defensive rushing success right here. Michigan is going to be able to move the ball, 
I, I kind of like the under here at 48 and a half. Now, I wish it was 49. Obviously, that's a, that's a key number. I still kind of like it at 48 and a half. Um, but I do, I do lean Michigan here. I, I really think that the Wolverines are a good, sound football team. Uh, and Penn State needs a lot of help to win games. I don't think Michigan's going to give it to them. So I would, I would roll with the Wolverines. Auburn will take on Mississippi State. Auburn's a five-and-a-half-point favorite. The over-under is 50 for this one. Um, can Mississippi State keep it closer than the experts think? I don't think so. All right. I'm going to side Auburn here. Auburn won this 24-10 to 10 last year. Uh, they are 5-1 and one straight up in the last six against Mississippi State. They're 4-1 and one against the spread in the last five. However, State plays pretty well on the road. They're 5-1 and one against the number in their last six uh, on the road. I'm real curious about this because I Mississippi State has one of the weirder resumes of anybody that, that is playing college football. Mm-hmm. They, they, they play really well in some spots and they don't in others. But I kind of look for Auburn to get up off the mat. If you look at State's defense, the, the two defenses that have really shut down Auburn and what they can do on offense is Texas A&M and Georgia. And, and Penn State was able to do it somewhat, and they are built much more like what Mike Yoko is doing at Texas A&M and what Dan Lanning and Kirby Smart are doing in Georgia. Mississippi State has a weird 3-3-5 defense. Zach Arnett, of course, part of that Rocky Long tree that came from San Diego State, runs that, that strange 3-3-5. Sometimes they'll drop eight back in coverage. They don't always bring a lot of pressure. If you don't bring a lot of pressure, if you don't find a way to get Bo Nix on the ground, he is going to pull some crazy rabbit out of his hat trick where he is running 75 yards sideline to sideline and find somebody wide open uh, down the field. And, and State doesn't have anything to offset that, right? Will Rogers, the quarterback for Mississippi State, I he has been really, really good. But he also has a tendency to play bad in some games. And if he is not hitting on 100%, I don't know that State even has a chance here. So I'm, I'm going to side with the more consistent team. I'm going to ride with Auburn. Um, I think they are just a significantly better football team. State gave everything they had against Arkansas last week. I think they put everything on the road in Fayetteville, and Auburn is going to be able to catch them this week. I'm going to roll with the Tigers, minus five and a half. It's one thing about Mississippi State. I mean, it. I don't mind the entertainment of the coach, but you got to realize it's 11 on 11, not 7 on 7, and that's the problem. I mean, I think it's that offense where it could put up points, Gary, it just, to me, it's just, it smells like the middle of the SEC, and that's exactly what it is. That's 100% what they are. I mean, they're 5-4 and four right now on the season. Uh, I mean, they're a good team. They're a good team. They're not a great team. And I think you have to be a great team in order to be able to beat all. Arkansas will take on LSU. Uh, the Razorbacks are a two-and-a-half-point favorite as we record this today. The over-under is 59. How do you see Arkansas? Can they, can they win this one against LSU? I, I think that I side with the Tigers again. Mm-hmm. So, go Tigers. Uh, LSU plus two and a half. <laughs> they have got a lot of fight. Um, I think that there's something going on with the seniors on that team that are just sick of blue. Right? You saw it against Alabama last week. And Coach O came out and said they put in eight new defensive looks for the Alabama game last week. I don't think that Arkansas is going to be prepared for those. LSU has won five straights against Arkansas. Um Arkansas, again, 6-2 against the spread in their last eight games. Um, but some of those lines have been a little bit crazy. This line a little more close to the best here. I really like LSU. You start digging into some of these numbers with them. Um, 
you know, obviously for the full season, it looks a little bit crazy. But the way that they have picked up their rushing defense as of late, uh, they gave up six yards rushing total to Alabama, .2 yards per carry against the Tigers. I I look at this team as one that is that is fighting for pride, and that's a whole different ball game. So I I do think that LSU actually finds a way to get this done at home. Um, a big part of it's going to be behind their uh, their running attack. Uh, Terry Davis Price is a stud. They'll uh, they'll be able to find success through the air against that Arkansas defense. Arkansas defense number seventy five in uh, in passing success rate on defense. I, I think they can find ways to to get the ball in the end zone and. If you go and actually pay attention to whether or not people are going to show up in Baton Rouge, mm-hmm. and this is a night game in Death Valley, and they are running low on tickets. Like that, that was not the case early in the season. But the fans are back; they are fired up, and I think it's going to be rowdy. So I'm I'm all in on the Tigers in Death Valley on a Saturday night. Now, Gary, is that because of a good time, or because they just feel like LSU is starting to get some momentum? Because it, when we talked about this a couple weeks ago, this is this is the start of this, right? When we knew the coach was going to be let go, and that LSU was selling their tickets, we were just talking about that. Now it's almost a sellout. That's what you're saying. That like people are more invested, even though you're coming off a couple of losses against Mississippi and Alabama. Maybe is it because that, that wasn't a pounding against Alabama that they feel like they have some life? I think that certainly plays into it. Um, obviously, you want a little bit of momentum with the football team. Uh, but also, I think that they, they want to support this program because they feel like Scott Woodward, the AD, is going to go out and get a big-name guy. Of course, all the talk over the weekend was about Lincoln Riley and the private plane that went from Baton Rouge to Norman uh, that nobody could really track, but they – they could track enough to know where it was going. They all thought it was Woodward. It, it, God forbid it was actually some some rich dude going hunting in Oklahoma or something, <laughs> right? Uh, so we don't know what the details are there. Yeah. But, uh, you know, right now, I mean, uh, obviously, the biggest talk right now is Jimbo Fisher and how they really seem to think that they can get that done. And Scott Woodward is trying to uh, smooth over some of those boosters that might have gotten their feelings hurt when Jimbo turned them down the last time. But, you know, I think a lot of this is just program building. And it is people that are proud of their school and and trying to build them up. And I think these seniors that have been through a whole lot, a national championship all the way to their coach getting fired, you know, a few games into his second season after that national championship, they've been through a ton. A lot of adversity, all this stuff going on with the title line stuff. Uh, I think they just maybe want to support the players. Come out, get them one more win Saturday night in Death Valley. Uh, You can't can't fight for anything more than pride here. So I think LSU really doing that. That's, that's the reason I'm going with it. Gary, I'm really looking forward to Oklahoma against Baylor. Uh, this should be a lot of fun. I have it here as the Sooners are a five-and-a-half point favorite against Baylor with the over-under at 62. Uh, tell me the ebb and flow of the money. What, what's, let's start on Monday. Where was the public money for this, and then where are we now? Uh, the public money on this was actually with Oklahoma early in the week, mm-hmm. and – of course, my website is not loading up right now. Uh, otherwise, I'll be able to tell you. Um, so I'll, I'll figure that out as I'm talking about this. Okay. Um, you, I, I have been back and forth on this game so many times <laughs> because I, I thought last week maybe the TCU game for Baylor, where they looked just awful, was because they were looking ahead and they did not envision a world where TCU was going to be able to beat them. I thought they figured they would just find a way to get through that ball game. And 
And then the Oklahoma game was going to be huge. They were going to have game day, you know, all that. And and for whatever reason, they did not show up against TCU. TCU actually kind of smoked them. And I, I'm so curious because I, I look at this Oklahoma offense now, and I think that they, uh, here's the money, 93% of the money is in on Oklahoma right now, 70% of the tickets. Um, wow. And the line ain't really moving that much. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing five and a half and six across the board, but that's about it. I figured this thing would have been at least a touchdown by now. Um, everything points Oklahoma, right, especially coming off of last week. Uh, you look at just the overall stats on the season, and, and it kind of points Oklahoma, especially with the latest trend. I, I think that Oklahoma could absolutely run them. I think. The problem is it's an early game in Waco, biggest game in Waco in forever. Uh, I'm so let me let me ask you, how do you feel about this game? Because I am so twisted on it. Like I, I, Baylor played so well all season up until last week, right? And I don't know if the one game sample size has anything to do with it, or or if maybe like at Oklahoma finally getting Caleb Williams comfortable coming out of a bye week, all that. Like it just feels like this is where Oklahoma turns on the Jets. And, and gets ready to head into the Big 12 championship and the, uh, the college football playoff. What, uh, what are your thoughts? I, I think that, okay, so Oklahoma still has that winning streak, and I think they've had a lot of momentum. If I'm betting the game, I'm probably looking at the over of 62. I think Oklahoma can win the game. I'm not sure because this game is in Waco, as you mentioned. Funny things can happen. I'm not trying to out trying to outsmart or outdumb the room here, Gary. So what I'm going to do is I'll just play it safe because ultimately this is going to be in a parlay and I don't want to screw up my parlay. So I'm just going to be safe and just go with Oklahoma to win the game, whether it's a field goal game, five and a half, whatever it is. And I like the over. I think this is going to be a shootout here. Even if it's Oklahoma putting up the numbers, I think that the over can be 62 in this. So that's the way I would play it. I think without question, Oklahoma can win the game, but I just don't want to screw around with the number with that because I'm not sure how close Baylor can keep it. That's, that's kind of how I feel about this. Uh, you, you look back in the, the recent trends, Baylor 4-1 and one against the spread in their last five against Oklahoma, but they are 0-5. Uh, typically, the number is much bigger. I, the reason why this line is so short, of course, is because the entire season's stats are baked into the number – and this is just a different Oklahoma team with Caleb Williams at quarterback as opposed to Spencer Rattler. Uh, and on top of that, now you've got a majority of the secondary back healthy. You're getting all those guys back. They haven't played in forever. That Oklahoma secondary was trash with uh, with all the newbies. But now that you got your experienced guys back, um, you know, we saw what they did against Texas Tech. They got those guys back for that game, and they absolutely shut down that Red Raiders offense. I, I mean, it all points to Oklahoma here. And... And I really, I really want to take Oklahoma to just cover. Yeah. Uh, but I think I think the smart way to go is just Oklahoma to win the game uh, because I think that they will find a way to do that. I mean, they, they've done it every game so far this season. They know how to win close games. They've been through that adversity before. They have been through the battle. Um, I, I expect them to win here. Uh, but, yeah, I would, I would certainly stay away uh, from the point spread because it, and the, line, it, it, the line kind of stinks to me. It just kind of stinks. Mm-hmm. Tell me about the NFL game of your choice. What do you like in the NFL this Sunday? I am going to Los Angeles, but I'm going to a different part of Los Angeles. Oh, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Vikings. The Vikings are now a three point underdog to the Chargers, 
and there is just nothing that you can find statistics-wise that would lead you to take the Chargers in this game. Uh, the reason I say that is total DVOA, Minnesota number 11, the Chargers are number 16 overall. Uh, Minnesota's defense is better than the Chargers' offense. Minnesota's offense is better than the Chargers' defense. And you want a sizable advantage, the Chargers' special team's DVOA is dead last in the NFL. Minnesota is number 19 in that measure, so they're not great. But everything points to the Vikings being able to come out of here with a win. Um, and that's the way that I'm going to roll. Now, the reason why you would go the opposite direction is, of course, Kirk Cousins can't flip. Like, that's the, he doesn't have that clutch team for whatever reason. Um, but I, I think, I mean, they've played so many close games. The Vikings are sitting at 3-5. and five. Uh, They were in overtime with the Ravens last week on the road. Now they're headed over to the other coast. I think they find a way to get this one done. I feel really good about them. So I'm going to take the Vikings plus three. Uh, I have to ask you, because now that week is over, um, did the NFL in Vegas turn you upside down and throw you into a locker last week with all those upsets and that weird week in the NFL? Or did you make it out okay? I actually, so on Winning Cures Everything, on our Wednesday show, we give out our super contest picks, and then we give out our weekly pick-up of the uh, the biggest games. I went 6-3 and three against the spread on the biggest games. I went 5-0 and oh against the spread. <laughs> wow! On my uh, super contest picks, so I'm, I'm 27 and 18 uh, against the spread on my super contest picks so far this season. Um, so yeah, I, I feel I feel pretty good about NFL so far this season. Uh, in college, I'm sitting at 37, 31, and three. Um, however, on this show last week, I looked back. I gave out uh, the, the side that I chose on the four games that we talked about. Yeah, I went 0 and four. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. I, I was trying to avoid that, uh, but <laughs> uh, it, was, it was bad. It was bad. And I, the funny part is, on the majority of those games, I told you the exact reason why it would go against me, and I still, I still went the other way. Actually, <laughs> every time I do that, I'm like, I talked myself into this game going one way, and then decided at the last minute, yeah, all that crap I told you doesn't matter. Go the opposite direction. Oh like, my god! Why would I do this to myself? <laughs> so sometimes you can overthink it. The later you get in the season, you just overthink the stuff sometimes. Gary, well, uh, if I went to com, what would I find? You would find all of our podcasts, all of the shows that we do on other platforms. I am, of course, the uh, the host of the BetUS College Football Show, and my partner, Chris, is the host of the Sportsbook Review College Football Show. So we've got all of those that we put up there. We have a contest. Uh, we do all kinds of different stuff. So you can find anywhere that you need to follow us, subscribe, etc. over at winningfewerseverything.com. i tell you one thing. Uh, your co-host, Chris, does not want to hear any more Alabama bullshit on that show. I know that for sure. You talk about a man that was not – because here you are on Sunday morning because now it's my ritual, right? It's now my I need to get my college football fix and review. So go to winningcureseverything.com and check it out on YouTube. And I'll tell you what, your partner doesn't want to hear anything about you saying Alabama's down, Alabama's no good because – he is a guy that that's pretty bitter. He wants he wants your scraps, man. You know that's what he wants. He wants your Alabama scraps for his team. I mean, he's an LSU fan. Yeah, he, he does not <laughs> like any any bad talk from me about my football team because we are number two in the country and you know still rank high, even though I think we are a garbage football team. Right? He doesn't want to hear about it because the as, as he would say. 
The referees give them everything. It, it's really difficult to play 15 on 11 and, <laughs> you know, all this. And I, I get where he's coming from. I understand it. Uh, it does have to be – like, it's really painful, I would think. Uh, I was told in 2019 when LSU won that national title that it was much more fun to be an LSU fan because of the roller coaster. And, and I said, I don't know how much I agree with that. But I can certainly understand why you would feel that way right now. And now they are on the valley part of the roller coaster, and uh, and it is not nearly as much fun. So, <laughs> so I, can, I can understand where he's coming from. But, yes, he gets pretty fired up uh, when, when I start talking down on my number two ranked football. He wasn't having any of it. You know what? As a Georgia fan, I was with them. I was with them. I had that bitter. I had that bitter beer face too. It's like I don't care what you say, Gary Seegers. Your your scraps, your backups are better than most teams. So I don't want to hear it. Damn right. So there you go. I, I I'm telling you. I told you about this on the show before. I went through the mid '90s through the mid 2000s and and before that, I went through the '80s and all that. Remember, I I was born in '83, so of course I was born. Uh, 16 days after Paul Bryant died. Yes. So my initial introduction was Ray Perkins and Bill Curry and then uh, Gene Stalling and all this for Alabama. I went through some tough times as an Alabama fan, but I will admit, I never went through some of the stuff that George and LSU went through. So <laughs> we may have had bad football teams, but it wasn't down for nearly as long as, uh, as, as you two have been. Gary, as always, we appreciate it, my friend, and we'll talk next week. Absolutely. Always a pleasure.